The Old Gold Club with Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. Hello there, and uh, welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. He's Chris Wellamo. Afternoon, Mikey. You're right. Yep. Um, and our guest this week is uh, the absolute legend who looks more suave now than he did as a player. Oh, I have to agree. Mr. Have to Stephen agree. Hunt. It's going to be ours. Afternoon, Mikey. I, I, genuinely, every time I see you, it's remarkable. What, the George Clooney look, or the. Or. <laughs> 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 What was it? Frodo Baggins look when I was playing like, that a few times. Like. <laughs> so talk to, to I'm like, so you went into the agency thing then? Yes. So that was something before you finished that you knew- Yeah, so should explain he is an agent now. That's what we need to get into. Right. Because people won't know what agency is. Agency could be anything. Can I finish my question? Or <laughs> basically <laughs> Stephen just, Hunt is an agent now. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, but can I just can I, can I, we're just saying hello, you're, just you're cut, straight you, in. Wow. You just, you just cut me off. He's two-footing me, like. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got an absolute fight. So, uh, so, since uh, stopping playing, Stephen Hunt has become an agent now. And Chris Wellamo, I believe you would like to ask a question about him getting into having his own well, as was, football as, agent. As I was saying, uh, <laughs> you thought about this before you, you finished. So, it's like uh, I, had, I had the same agent for 15 years the relationship that you had with, with your agent was that something that then put that in the back of your mind for you to, to do it yourself yeah well I remember going to my agent's house who I had for quite a similar time I left him for two years out of the 20 and he literally had probably about four rooms built on the back of me so <laughs> right, <laughs> right, it's obviously it pays okay yeah. but more importantly I think I can add experience to the boys I've been released many times Yeah, I've had, had success along the way Very, as you know Success comes every now and again in football, so you've got to make the most of it when it does come. A bit like Stearman has done the last few days, and try and build a company that will represent me going forward and what I am, I suppose. You've done some fairly big deals. Obviously, um, you've done deals for players coming to Wolves yes. as well. That We won't go into too much detail, because I, I guess you probably don't want to. But. Yeah, but listen, it's, it's, he's come and gone now. Listen, yeah. I, I was involved in Benick's deal, there's no problem. Uh, done Benick here on deadline day with uh, with my old agent actually on the day uh, getting him here from Bournemouth was was quite a challenge uh, listen one thing I would say about Benick was he was desperate to come here yeah. and he wasn't that reluctant to go if I'm honest with you that he really enjoys his time here and I think he's he's one of them Benick where he gets wrapped up in all the emotion of football For, as a footballer it's a great great idea but it's not the real world in football either and Benick had a good time here because I've talked about that day um, but I've never revealed that it was you who was the agent so I'm glad that you've said that because I wanted to tell the story the fact that um, we were all there and because Bournemouth were playing Chelsea on that night so we've ordered like pizza and Chinese food and we've put um, we've put a PS4 connected up to a giant TV in the players lounge and we were told nothing was going to happen so some of our lads had gone and got changed because they were going to play head tennis in the lads gym downstairs (laughs) there was two of our lads playing on FIFA on the computer and in ran Kevin Thelwell to say we're on and I was thinking, what's he on about? And I followed him out the room, and there's Hunty coming up the stairs, going, hey, 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 And he was the most chilled man, considering like everybody was rushing, and you were just like, yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, well, on the day even, it was it was a game of poker with Wolves and Bournemouth a little bit, and uh, I squeezed things a little bit harder, about half six, seven o'clock. 
Benning was keen to come as well and let's just say we didn't go straight to the training ground we were around the corner hiding somewhere <laughs> and we weren't going to do a Peter on the wing in a turn off just yet like. but listen <laughs> it is what it is and football as you know and for me to be an agency that short of time and that kind of pressure was was big for me and, and big for Benick obviously because Come back, he scored some important goals to get Wolves promoted for sure. Because honestly, Benick was panicking, like to get everything signed and everything kind of through and all the paperwork that needed to be done. But he's six foot four, right? So he's turned up in, in the hotel just around the corner. I won't name the hotel, and he's in bits like he's literally yeah. panicking. Like he's six foot four, right? He's getting in my car. I'm by myself. I'm going. If this deal doesn't happen here, I'm in trouble. Like Cause Benick was very much keen to come. At the time, so but that's when your experience comes into it. You say like your your agency, that's an extension of you as a person, isn't it? So that's how you want it to be kind of held and regarded, you know. Yeah. And I think you touched on it there that the experience that you had as a footballer, it's not there's not a lot of highs that come, but there's a lot of lows that you have to deal with as well. Yeah, you've been there, you've seen both sides of that, so yeah. you can give that that one to one. It's one of these. I used to pick my phone up to my agent to talk about just life. It wasn't just football, and yeah. I guess you, all your all your clients are, are the exact same. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're all keen to do well. Sometimes you got to pull the reins on them and, and try and say, listen, you've got to take the hit here. Yeah. I've had a player go on loan this year. He hasn't played. He's joined another club, hasn't played, and then all of a sudden has finished the season really well. So he's in a total different space in his mind. He's happy how, how the season has gone on. Because you know what it's like. The last three or four games, sometimes that all that matters for players because yeah. scouts are watching them for next season, yeah. the last yeah. five, six games, and he can have an impact. Do you have a... You know, like you said, that like you have to pull the reins sometimes, and it is football now. The the footballers coming through now are a different breed to when I was coming through, when you were coming through. You know, the drinking, uh, that kind of whole aspect of things. It's not quite the same. Yeah. The whole social media is a bit different now. There's eyes everywhere. But if a player was off the rails a little bit, how would you kind of, how would you intervene? Kind of. See, there's there's loads of different things I, I kind of insist on doing. First of all, I try and check their bank accounts as, as often as I can, okay. just to see where they're at. What they're spending it. Very rarely these days do you get a bad person spending money unnecessarily in football these days. I think footballers have really tried to come to terms with being a professional on and off the pitch, which which leads to boredom. I think FIFA yep. <laughs> takes a lot of their time off at young players. They're not gambling, they're not doing other things yep. that yep. we used to get in trouble for and including myself and you got you suppose you manage it from there, but these days they are so it's anything I'm trying to get them to relax a little bit and have a bit of time whether they go out once or twice with their friends, yeah. try and get them away from football because it's so intense at the moment. It is important though, isn't it, yeah. to be able to switch off and enjoy yeah. those moments. Like, yeah. I, I, got, well, I got promoted five times, but you don't really think about it until you retire. Yeah. Like we're talking about celebrations yeah. and things. Talking it's about so important, isn't it? things. It is important. Um, a man that all three of us know very well <laughs> in Richard Stearman uh, kind of became a bit of a, an internet sensation uh, with the celebrations of Sheffield United's promotion. And it kind of got me thinking of, um, because you've, you've both been promoted, Say, so Looms, you've been promoted quite a few times, and you've been promoted to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Did you have a big celebration like that? Oh, we got knocked back. We, we we both qualified actually with Sheffield United. We won the league, and Sheffield United finished second. And we were all in Marbella for the last week of the season. And I was giving it big lips, like, Oh, yeah, we're top of the league, we won the league. And then they told me their bonus, which was about four times what we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Are oh, you kidding me? Like, so I put me back in the box, but. <laughs> I still rather have. I still rather have the medal after it all, I suppose. But did you have a big drinking celebration then? Yes, Jesus! I remember some of the coaching staff being in a right good state. Not Steve Coppel, but a bit like Chris Wilder yesterday. He had his time in the in the light yesterday as well. And do you know what? You need to. It's just a you relief, do. and yep. you need to have that 
break away and like, oh, why are they going crazy? Why are they drinking so much alcohol? Because they're so intense with the football since January. And especially Sheffield United, last year they finished outside the playoffs. They were in the same position this year. Can they kick on? And they've obviously learned from their experiences from last year and kicked on again. And they brought in one or two strikers this year to give them the insurance. If anything, like the Hogan yesterday for the boy from Villa, whatever his yeah. name is, Irish lad. Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan. He's, given, he's been the insurance policy and he scored a goal yesterday. So everything is justified in terms of that. You know, when something like that happens, like it doesn't, it doesn't really sink in. I don't think until that's all been you've got that out of your system and you're yeah. away with the family or friends or what it is, and just that relaxing holiday. I think for myself, <clears throat> my I think it was the the ex. I wasn't allowed. I never went on any of these trips. The, the family holiday was always booked the yeah. day after the season finished, and I went on the holidays. You know what she I mean? Had so you, she had you. She had you. Yeah. Did you say so, the ex? The ex, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Reason. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those. I think uh, so. Like you see, Rich Steele's there on his uh, celebrating the way that he does, and yeah, you know what? Bloody right as well. Well, I remember um, when I first uh, started covering football and I covered MK Dons and Dons won promotion. I don't think they were expected to. And I remember they went on a trip to Vegas and it was because another team were expected to get promotion and didn't. So there was this kind of big block booking for a football team to go. And whoever had booked it approached MK Dons and went, well, you actually got the promotion. So do you want this trip to Vegas? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll have the trip to Vegas. And it kind of, you see a lot of clubs go and have this big trip. The Wolves lads had a trip to Vegas. Well, I, I, was, I was sat in the injury room. I just I dislocated my right knee. Remember the Carsley tackle that season we got promoted. And I remember Mick McCarthy came in. There was nothing booked there was nothing sorted and uh, Mick was just coming in Kempy's fiddling about my knee and he's and I've, I've said uh, I've said what's is, is, is like the Morgan going to sort anything out for the boys and he's like oh nothing's nothing sorted I went what do you think about that gaffer I went I went top of the season since like the second week in September I went Surely the boy should be rewarded, eh? and you can see his, 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 the, the wheels turning in his head. <laughs> and what a guy Mick McCarthy yeah. is, you know. It's and straight away he's he's walked out, and I think that evening Henry's got a call saying sort something. The the Morgan will pay for it all, but it should it should have been on the table anyway, in my opinion. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But again, it's like a business, isn't it? If yeah. you don't ask for it, you don't get. But if you if you triggered a brain and Mick was always good at that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. The best one was it's the the Christmas dues. You know, I think no matter you just try and make sure the form's good, and he knows I know you're off. I know yesterday your Christmas do like we we beat Barnsley, then we went up Newcastle, and he we had to come back on one of the afternoons straight from the night out. So basically, we've we've all got in fancy dress. I think it was a Sunday, and we've drove straight to the training ground and we've done a little training session with him and he says I don't expect much but I'm glad you're all here and mm-hmm. honestly I thought even pre-season you know he had a curfew for a night out one night out for her in Dublin or whatever yeah. and he'd make everyone go home that was him but during the Christmas period once you're all back in the next day or whatever I remember going to see him for Cheltenham and we'd lost about four in a row but the boys have sent me because I'm mad I've sorted out with Paddy Power to go <laughs> sit in the box like all the boys are coming like and I'm can see him getting red and red. I'm going into the knock the gaffer straight. To, first thing I was, come on, I was shit on Saturday. Hold my hands up. So you can bleep that if you want. But I was rubbish on Saturday and hold my hands up. But can we still go to Cheltenham? <clears throat> I can see him going red. No, I think about it. No, half hour later, I'm devastated. To be fair, as I said earlier, Cheltenham is is, is my thing. You didn't later, drink for most no, of the season yeah, until no, Cheltenham. Until Cheltenham, and then half hour later, the gaffer's come. I said, "Oh, I've had to think about it. it. Might do you good." 
come and come back la. yeah but he's good as gold it's um I, I, there are some fantastic stories of Christmas nights out I did you do fancy dress I did fancy dress I wasn't a lover of fancy dress but some of my clothes anyway apparently according <laughs> to the boys your names <laughs> came up a few times yeah, on a few of the shows dress, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember having a actually the boys have a video of me and Sylvan having a we're giving each other a stick every day so like wear your best gear in tomorrow wear your best gear in so we're, we're literally modelling in front of the boys like I'm whatever I was wearing is horrendous right it's out there it's a bit quirky I was different to be fair yeah. Sylvan is all black clothes barely any other colour in his in his, yeah, in, his wardrobe, yeah. in his wardrobe and the boys voted for Sylvan which I wasn't too happy about <laughs> it was safe as houses um, we've got some random questions uh, that people send in to us some of them tend to be kind of serious uh, some of them are not okay. uh, so this is from Wolves blog it says if Looms had to play up front in a 4-4-2 with Jimenez or Jota who would he prefer oh. as a strike partner? What what age was he? <sighs> just had my well Wolves got the best set me, didn't they? I've got to say. Yeah, we always when we talk about Looms' like, past, we were talking yeah. about him about 28, okay. 29. Yeah. Uh, he's 2009 you know P. I think Jimenez has obviously got the, the physicality, hasn't he? So I've got to go with Jota, haven't I? I think just I'll take the hits and just the lot of man can just bomb on. But um you know how much I, I love Jimenez, mate. He's the he is for me he's the real deal, isn't he? Mm, he's different class. And on the third takes a few hits and all, he can't knock him off it. No, yeah. exactly. Jota is unreal. Um, uh, they've also Wolfsburg also asked, "Have you ever cried at a movie?" I don't cry. This what? is bizarre. You know, I, I, I've been called the the robot emotionalist, whatever you want to call it. But even my mum took me to the doctors younger. <laughs> I, I don't cry. I mean, I'd standing in the court and all that when she walked in. I never woke her up in the night. I never. That wasn't my thing. I don't know why. So, yeah, I don't cry. Even when, be, you're laughing now, isn't it? But even when I start to, I feel myself starting to go, yeah. and the body just goes, nah, it's not happening, big <laughs> So I get, I, I can tell you now, I get, I've been called emotionless on so many times. By the ex-wife. Why. I just can't, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just okay. can't, I can't, I can't, I don't, I, I can't yeah. cry. But like, do you get teary at stuff? Well, my body goes, but then something happens that just stops it from happening. I don't know that doesn't mean he doesn't care it doesn't, yeah, exactly it doesn't mean yeah. that I don't care yeah. I have to actually tell people like, I'm, I feel like I can cry now yeah. but I just I couldn't you're going to analyse them now like it but like, like, like I'm, not, I'm not even talking just emotional stuff like if we it's ran bizarre, and, and kicked you in the gentleman's area I don't know I just, I just, would there be tears it doesn't happen I, doesn't ha- I don't know it's bizarre I, I don't know what you say about it tell you what you Something. better run if you did kick yeah. him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be behind you yeah so no I don't I don't cry so apologies Oh, okay, Hunty, have you ever cried at a movie? Oh, the Greatest Showman is like with the kids or whatever. It's a bit of yeah, a good movie. Like I'm a little bit emotional sometimes. I have to say, when it comes to it all, I'd have to be tough. I'd be tough, but <laughs> I can be a little bit soft when I disregarding certain things. Um, Richard Evans says, uh, "What's your favourite band or artist, and who's the last band or artist that you paid money to watch live?" I know you like to go to gigs because we've seen on your social yeah. media. Uh, see, you two, you two are massive fan. Freya Raiden's the last gig I went to, and she was outstanding. Yep. Freya Raiden's and you two. Mumford and Sons. I haven't paid for a gig in 20 years. That's who you know, Mikey. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if I had to pay for a gig, I'd pay for Mumford and Sons. 
all day long. I'm actually going to see you, Jackman, in Birmingham in about a month's time. Oh, right, okay. Great I've got, I've got two release, backstage passes. Oh, brilliant. Right, and You're the man, I'll there's be, four uh, of us. There's four of us. Brilliant. The wife and my two kids. Amazing. I'll send the wife and and the, the nine-year-old that looks up to her. Him, so yeah, that'd be good. Looking forward to that's that. a great showman as well, isn't it? He's I'll doing... be up front row giving it loads. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt because it, it gets me actually good stuff. Great showman. Um, Steve Thomas has a question uh, specifically for you, Hunty. Okay. He says, um, You've played in the Premier League and represented your country at international level, but what I'd like to know is, was your hair permed or not? It was a work of art. Hashtag legend. What now that my hair is a work of art or back then? It definitely wasn't a work of art back then. It was growing as long as I can and I'm not terrible, but because it's so long and if I didn't put a headband on, I'd be forever. I think he's, I think he's talking about back then. Back yeah, then, yeah. When, it, when it was yeah. Per, when it so was curly. Yeah, no. Sometimes I'd straighten it, but it was just took too long in the end. <laughs> sometimes you'd what? You straighten it. Listen, oh, you, you, if you... I'm going in the arena, which I model you is an arena, <laughs> or if I'm going somewhere, I would straighten my hair because it makes me feel like a little gladiator at the time. And this is whatever it does, whatever floats your boat. Like, so what do you mean, know? like you straighten it like we were yeah. curl, like, we kinking it and that? No kinking it, straightener well, is completely. Just straight, just straight. Yeah. I've not seen some of it. It's pretty I much straight. Need to get pictures. Wait a minute. So because I've, I've I've watched the missus straighten her hair. Yeah, yeah. And then she'll get the little curler out and she put. Okay, you can't just straighten the hair, can you? You can straight hair straight. So you you used because you had a little curl on it, but you can't. Just, you're yeah, not walking in with the boys with your hair completely just straight. Yeah, no bother. I don't care. No chance. I'm oh, not having that. I didn't give. I'm not having it. Josh, you're laughing in the back because you agree with me. I know you agree with me. <laughs> when my daughters straighten their hair, their yeah. hair goes proper like straight. Yeah, I, it, it did. Certain games. You walked in the dressing room like that. I remember doing it for Italy. No, I'm not having it. I remember doing it for you, Italy away. You've you got to take this interview seriously, <laughs> mate. You can't come in with stuff like that. No chance. Yes. Hang on, I'm looking through a load of photos. Yeah, that would have been definitely there. Oh, listen, it was curly too. But for sure, Italy away, I think, but I remember doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like, to be like an Italian. Italy away, there you go, I'm brilliant. 80,000, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man of the match in the Brazil. Yes. It's all. Brilliant. Distant memory. See, I've got some photos of you with uh, an Alice band. Yeah. But it's still curly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> no, there is for sure. More Reading days as well, I'd imagine. We'll have to get that. We'll have to find that yeah. one. I was definitely grey at 29 30 for sure. If anybody has can find a photo of Stephen Hunt with straight hair, straight long. And in fact, that's uh, still a bit, a bit curly. That's into the game. So when you sweat, you warm up, your hair goes with you wet your hair it does pretty go curly again straight away like. so very difficult to see unless you see me walking into the ground see, right? so, I had... you know like when you straightened it yeah. like, did it have a bit of volume though you know like or was it just like yeah, flat yeah, to massive, your head yeah 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 I wish I'd, I had some now like, I don't know I'm, 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 can, I'm trying to picture you with this let's... the boys used to go what have you done like, but... <laughs> <laughs> no see not even you won't get it once you sweat you run around the warm up you're pretty much back to the curly hair anyway See, I had um, long hair when I was at university. Yeah. Really long hair, like yours. Yeah, yours is... I got wingbacks. Mine's one's formation, 3-5-2. Yeah, <laughs> Strong through the middle and <laughs> vulnerable down the side sometimes. What hair make you, yeah? Yeah, I had long With hair. With as well? Uh, no, no, I didn't really have a beard back then. Oh. I had... Um, originally, I had like a Jimmy Anderson slash Freddie Youngberg red mohawk. Mm, I had that for a player the middle. And then actually I, Stoke. I grew you played a Stoke game, playoff final against Brentford. Yeah, I was in Mohawk then. Mohawk, yeah. 
the idiot on the pitch. I got sent home from school for having a mohawk. Had another off school for three days, but before Beckham and all that had it, I went in with a good um yeah. Would you remember? I got sent home from school once. Do you remember? I think it was France ninety or World Cup two thousand and two, maybe or France ninety eight, when uh, Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo, had like just a little bit at the front. Had that as well. Had like the fringe just at the front. I got mine platted as well (laughs) at school. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love that my hair at university looked like your hair, long and curly. Were you a little flyer then? I wasn't, no. <laughs> I wasn't. Look at me, honey. I wasn't, a, wasn't ever a flyer. No, no. But no, um, I love that. I love that. Because um, it is one of the things that kind of, um, you, uh, it made you stand out, I guess. Yeah. I, when we got promoted from the championship to the premiership, I decided, right, I'm going to grow my hair. And it was a real bad stage. And it was no lint or I was saying, what am I doing? But I persisted with it. And when I got to the Premier League, I had long enough hair and was ready to go to war, really. Talk to me about the. This is something that's at Brentford. So you got let go at Brentford, didn't you? Well, I had a Martin Allen. I had a groin injury, which yep. is pretty simple hernia. Yeah. That Martin Allen didn't really believe I had, and was six weeks to go in the season for Brentford, and I hadn't played consistently all yep. that year, so I exaggerated the pain. Right. Because I, rem- I remember this. I remember yeah. when I heard that they'd let you go. It was. It was. It was like there was shock. Mm. You know what I mean? And obviously then Redden. Yeah, you know what I mean, but it just shows you, doesn't it, that the, something that that was oh, a magical yeah. season that you played a massive part in. Part of, it yeah. changed your life, really, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that season changed my career, really, full stop. But yeah, I was, I was, I got released by Brentford, had the operation, this pain wasn't there no more. I've had it for eighteen months, couldn't really manoeuvre myself into a position to score, let alone yep. run. And went to Bradford. Colin Todd, the manager. And the chairman picked me up by myself, no agent, at the airport to do yep. a deal. Steve Coppola had left a message on my phone saying, we'll give you a one-year deal instead of a three-year deal by Bradford, but they were in the championship. Had the medical, went back to the ground, I went, I'm not signing, can you drop me back to the to the airport? I remember shitting myself, if I'm honest with you. I thought, how's he going to, they're going to kill me here. But I did, and that was a, took some balls to do that, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I was happy I did, obviously. Of course. In the end, yeah. Nice. Football is that's what I'm saying. Football is a journey. You yeah. don't know what's around the corner. Mm. If you're sometimes you're really struggling, like some of the players for, for the first time this year at Wolves, we're not playing regularly. Could be the star men next year because they come back flying. Other players, football changes the, the player playing well now. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play well next year. Yeah, mm. you were you you were a runner as well, weren't you? Like yeah, pre season that. I yeah. heard you you ran. Did you run out the the bleak test? Did you do the? No, uh, I was. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a little I got outrun once in a Premier League game when I was playing yeah. I think the four or five years that I had five yeah. six years in the Premier League I think Pedersen at Blackburn was the only player that ever it got further more. than me right okay but you know that doesn't make you a good player but no it, right. it certainly helps certain managers like you on the back of it and yeah the entire high intensity there's a there's a player in I do represent them to be fair Alex Kral in in Slavia Prague yeah who ran 15k against Seville which is like wow that's what about so pre-season? What about your pre-season, like the bleep test and I used the, to hate you know, your, you, yeah. So the heart rate monitor would go on, right? Yeah. And mine would be 165 before we even start running. Start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm just like want to run that, and I knew I'd be up the top end of it. Yeah. But 
Did you ever run it out? Because I was, I was when I was at Watford. Jonathan Hogg, he ran out the yo-yo test, so yeah. he never has to do that again for the rest of his. I yeah. remember Sean Dyche went, you never have to do it again. Yeah. You had to do it a couple of times a, a season. Couple of times, like yeah. Uh, it was David Beckham, Dwight York? They ran out the bleed yeah. test. The yeah. tape just ran out. Level twenty-two or whatever it is, nah. just doesn't go any further. They just imagine being able to go till the yeah. end. That like it. Yeah. I think I heard you were one of those players no, as well. I, I, I wish. My heart rate beforehand would have brought me would have taken twenty percent off my performance straight away. So no, I wasn't. But it was yeah. it was it was okay. Yeah. So the yo-yo test is one of the f- most fascinating things to watch. I've always been there when the players there's, have come back at Wolves. There's three different versions of the yo-yo. Yeah. Well, the the one they do now is the one where they have like you get a little, little walk. Yeah, you stop. Yeah, yeah. You walk, and that that would yeah. kill me now. Yeah. Like, cause, yeah. Uh, I need to keep going. Yeah, you do kind of the run and then come back and you have a little walk because. Um, I was there uh, last summer when all the Wolves players first came back and it's fascinating to watch kind of who's left at the end because mm-hmm. generally kind of yeah, um, your goalkeepers drop out. That's what I looked for. That's I looked for the goalkeeper. I just made <laughs> please, sure that please. I wasn't the first to drop out. So you'd go and then even when the goalkeeper dropped out you think, oh, I feel all right. Seven and half next. Again. But I always looked, always looked, I'm not going to be the first to ever drop out. And I, mm. I, I enjoyed the run inside of it as well. Well, the two that were left at the end of uh, Wolves doing it last summer... Uh, Danny Barton, Connor Cody. Connor Cody just could run for days. Doesn't surprise me that mm. those two actually. Uh, looking at a picture of Matt Doherty with a beard, two years ago now, and he's lost some weight. Like yeah. he's machine as well. Machine. Stop I think Doc was yeah. like third last. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's definitely got himself. But it switched the pen. Right. The penny's got to drop at some point, hasn't it? Yeah. And you think, you yeah. know what? I can either make give this the best go I've got, no regrets. Yeah. And that's exactly what it looks like he's done because yeah. he's changed, his body shape has changed, yeah. his game has came on because he can do that. And yeah. he knows he's comfortable doing it. Yeah. He's up there in the, in the, the obviously the attacking third, defensive third. Yeah. The responsibility he spoke about that against Arsenal, he was excellent. You know what I mean? Deserved his goal as yeah. well. You know yeah. what I mean? That's another yeah. thing that hardest thing to do in football, score yeah. goals. He's yeah. been absolutely amazing. Um, talking of the journey that you go on as a footballer, we will get into yours very shortly when we get into the show. I just need to remind everybody that we are going to be doing this live at Wolverhampton Grand Theatre, Friday 7th of June. Tickets available at grandtheatre.co.uk. King John Richards has already been announced, will be on stage, plus there'll be a load of names who are just going to be there. And just for people to come up and chat to and talk to uh, Andy Thompson, Jeff Palmer, Matt Jarvis, Mo Kamara, George Ellicobi, just uh, amongst the names that have little, said they're going to be after there. after party as well? Uh, there the might whisper, be a little whisper, after party. A little whisper. You'll be invited, Hansi, don't you worry. Okay, I could be around. Because I know that you, you've already said that you like a freebie. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Sort you Why out not? tickets. Yeah. <laughs> get, get him there. So you could invite him for a VIP and you'll definitely be there, yeah? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> right, add him to the list. Um, tickets available, grandtheatre.co.uk. It's going to be a night like no other. Make sure you are there. We are going to be getting into uh, Stephen Hunt's three years at Wolves, including an incredibly dramatic contribution for a final day of the season. The show is coming next. Old Goal Club is going live for one night only at the Wolverhampton Grand Theatre. Join us on Friday, June 7th for a summer spectacular with a host of special guests and big surprises. Get your tickets at grandtheatre.co.uk 
Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Awellamo. And our guest this week spent three eventful years at Molyneux, amassing 66 appearances and eight goals, including one of the most memorable final day of the season moments in recent history. Welcome to the Old Gold Club, Stephen Hunt. Good evening. Looking very different <laughs> than you would normally, than people would have remembered you from before. You meant to say Clooney or... Who else is in my bracket these days? Philip Schofield. Yes, there is that. But what's the one? Eamon. Could be a skinnier version of Eamon and Root, is it? What's the ITV? Eamon Holmes? Yeah, yeah, he's he. Women love him. <laughs> 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 Even we, my wife loves him. We mention um, the final day of the season because we're getting close to it now. And if we look back in Wolves' recent history, one final day in the Premier League stands out above all others and you played a gigantic part in that 3-2 versus Blackburn the moment where you kept Wolves in the Premier League for a year yes but I'd, if I'm honest I'd, I've always that season I've always believed I'd get something that would be quite important for Wolves that year I always thought I'd score a goal that would be significant in the season I didn't think it would come in the last three minutes but if you say if you ask any of my family I'm still going to score a big goal that keeps us up. I'm going to do something along them lines because I had a groin problem. Actually, I had another groin problem then that I had to have sorted. And I was coming back in maybe West Brom was one of my first games. Yeah. Second games back from that groin injury, and I was I was trying to build a bit of form, which was probably the only time where I got a four or five games consistently at yeah. a good level for Wolves. Well, on that there, you know, like obviously. When you experience injury, injury and you're thinking, I'm, I'm going to have an important point, there's going to be something comes that's significant yeah. the way that it was. Surely that, the mental side of that, that gets affected with you carrying injury and coming back from, because it takes mental strength just to come back from injury yeah. time and time again. So did you, what, I don't know, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one because you have to keep yourself right for that opportunity when it comes, don't you? Yeah, and I was on the back foot when I come, at, come to Wolves, I was injured coming. I'd picked up the injury against Wolves in January when Mick had tried to sign me that January and then ended up missing, I pretty much played with an injection in my foot at Hull for four or five games, which was crazy at the time. But got back fit for about October time at Wolves, I think it was. And I was I was nowhere near at the time, so it took me a good while to get a base level back again. And it wasn't from a lack of trying, don't get me wrong, but yeah. if I'm honest with you, Wolves never got the Stephen Hunt that Hull had got and Reading had got from my operation on my foot but at the same time there was times where I had an impact and if I didn't have that mental strength I don't think I would have had the impact I did at certain times Because we were talking about this earlier cause it, so you did nearly join in that January beforehand Yeah well I think they'd shown an interest Bulls have shown an interest in January and Hull weren't going to allow me go I remember actually <laughs> Football Tales well actually if Hull stay up I want excess players contract because I'm way more professional than him and I'm better than him. So I remember having a conversation with Hull at the time when Wolves were trying to sign me after the window shut. Uh, I said to Hull, right, listen, if I'm staying, it's got to be on these terms. And to be fair to Hull, they were good. Actually, the whole club up there at the time, the fans, the whole lot were exceptional for their position in the league and, and what had been dealt their way. Can I ask you then, how would that move have happened if Mick McCarthy wasn't manager at Wolves? Because obviously you're an injured player. Yeah, he knows you. He knows exactly what he's getting. He knows you, obviously, personally as well. Yeah, would that would that have came about? Even though, 
obviously you know Wolves are a massive club mm -hmm. in, in the Premier League as well for you how important was Mick McCarthy being manager well he, he, he was the only one at the time willing to buy me injured which says Mick had a lot of faith in me but before I got injured I had seven Premier League goals which when you think about it these days if you've got seven Premier League goals by Christmas January yeah. you're looking at seven eight clubs that will take you right. straight away I was in the form of my life it was the best I've ever played that six months it was something to do with Paul McShane Kevin Kilban in a car every I used to live in Linton 45 minutes Killer would be coming from from Manchester believe it or not way too far and McShane lived in Leeds so the banter we had the crack we had was frightening that brought me into the training ground more relaxed obviously with the same intensity because I can only play one way but that was the best fun I've ever had in my career in terms of crack and, and banter yeah I guess it says it says a lot about the dressing room you walk you walked into as well because you did walk into a very good united dressing room and in, in, in the players that were there yeah yeah for sure extremely strong-minded players we were talking about Carl Henry off here a winner wanted to win we had Matt Jarvis who was flying which made it difficult for us because Jarvis couldn't play on the right he was always better on the left so we were always fighting in that position he was always on top form at the time mm. so I ended up playing on the right a little bit which I don't mind but when you're lacking fitness you'd rather be natural position but yeah. we had certainly Kitely was struggling with a little bit of an injury at the time so there was room for us to play Kite's obviously got back to a level where he went to Stoke on the back of it uh, but good characters in the dressing room Wayne Hennessy was obviously in gold Marcus Hanneman was there Kevin Doyle was there Sylvan there was good competition yeah. for places Kev Foley was was the modern day Matt Doherty to a certain degree the, doesn't need the tattle because they're clever with their play and intelligent with their defending How You mentioned Kevin Doyle being yeah. there how important to, was it to you that there was kind of a strong Irish presence because you mentioned the Irish boys at Hull you had the, a few of the guys at Reading as well including yeah. Kevin Doyle was yeah. that a, a big factor? Yeah it, it can help Ward he was obviously stubborn strong minded as well in terms of being where he got to in his career having yeah. gone from centre forward to left back takes Good strength as well, mentally and physically. Well, that was Mick so, as well. Mick had a big part to yeah, play in that. Yeah. You know, with, the... with him going back to left back. If yeah. it wasn't for Mick, with Wardy, Wardy might not have had a career. Yeah. For sure. But when he went to left back, Wardy was strong enough to adapt and, and play at a good level for at that position. But they say, having guys around that you knew and you will have been more aware of maybe than yeah. some of the others kind of plays its part in you joining this football club. Yeah, it was very easy at the time because including Reading and... Wolves. There was a lot of Irish, so maybe a team between the, both teams. If you if you break it up, so it was very comfortable coming into that. Sometimes, and I've said it before, sometimes you can have too many of something in a, in a dressing room. You can have too many of Irish because they all seem to hang around together, and you, you don't. It shouldn't be the case. You should actually be bonding with everyone and trying to make a team, not just an Irish team. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the fact then that you. Uh, had had some injury troubles and you arrive back in the team which is struggling <coughs> five games to go you had two sub appearances and then you're thrown in for Albion at Molyneux three games to go pretty much must win game that yeah it was it was perfect for me uh, it was a high energy game it was I remember going on the front foot trying to close people down and try and make us get on the front foot and try and win a game we I remember we just outran him pretty much in, in most of the game and I think Fletch scored a couple of goals. From your corners? From my corners, yeah. It wasn't the corners that were good, it was, <laughs> it was Fletch's headers that were at a better level of volleys. I think I can't remember exactly. I think Guardiola scored as well, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, listen, that's probably my best game I played for Wolves. Take out the goal, 
that would be my best 90 minutes or 80 minutes, however long I lasted that game. Well, you because you then go to Sunderland and you produce another one. You set up Jody Craddock's goal. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a, I was watching it back yeah. yesterday. It's a okay. brilliant cross in yeah. on the left hand side, and Jody popping up with something I don't think I've ever seen him before. Like a hit, it's coming it, back to me, meeting it on like the half volley, volley, yeah. and smashes yeah. it in. And then comes the final day. So those three games, three starts in a row, yeah. you hadn't featured for months, yeah. and then you effectively contribute three goals and score one. That's remarkable in three games. Yeah, it wasn't a half-time against Blackburn, though, but apart from that, I remember it was my best little bit of run like in terms of consistent performance, for sure. I can't remember exactly at Sunderland, uh, my play. I, the West Brom game, I remember moments in the game where I think I chased down the left-back. I was playing right wing for a bit, chased the goalkeeper who passed to the centre-half, chased the right-back who got the ball, all in the same movement, and then won the ball back. That kind of stuff early on, even now, Wolves played a high tempo. There's no... Like they're getting after the ball, so I would have loved to play in this team. You said you well. said there that that was your your best period, uh, probably at Wolves. That and you said you probably needed to have a little bit longer without injuries mm-hmm. and things like that. What what would you put that down to then? Is it just basically the fact that in, injury was just different injuries? Yeah, Nichols kept. On I was twenty nine. Uh, the foot injury, which was a bad injury, took me a while to get over. And then I had a hip injury, again. I remember coming back and De- Dean Saunders was manager. I was struggling, and he chucked me in. Because he he used it, he used it most of his games. Yeah, he, he he liked me as a player. Yeah, but he chucked me in pretty much straight away after being out for six months with a hip injury, which cost me really European Championships in 2012. Not playing, I was in the squad, but I wasn't even for Trapattoni at 71 years of age. He wasn't that silly. I wasn't 100 percent fit. Uh, as you, if you're playing all your career to get a major tr- major tournament and you're not right, then it's very difficult. So what you're saying, are you saying because you played the games that cost you, or because if you if you weren't playing, then uh, you wouldn't have been chosen anyway? Uh, would you? I stayed. I tried to get myself fit enough for the Euros. But Done too much too early. Too much too early, and never got. I didn't want to have. I didn't want to go down the river. I had a hernia operation, but I didn't need it because I had problems with my my groins before. I went much of it in Germany, which was a two week job come back, try to get fit for the Euros and that continued on to next season when I come back then I was tr- I eventually had a hip, hip surgery so I was coming back to Wolves after a foot injury and a hip surgery in three years which is very right. difficult We're going to come back to that yep. if you don't mind but yep. we, I just want to get this a little bit out of you on Blackburn because yeah. it it's a phenomenal thing that happened that four teams went into that final day that could have gone down and one of which was Blackburn that Wolves were playing. And as you say, you are 3-0 down yeah. at home in this game. What was going through everybody's mind? Shock. Uh, even the gaffer, I think, on the day was... Mick was in a bit of shock, I think, if I'm honest with you. I think TC played an important role in the dressing room. I remember myself chirping up a little bit on the back of TC, but TC played a massive role that day. I always remember going, he, he went around galvanising everyone kept everyone going and as it gathered went back out scored an early goal from pulled it back for Jamie who scored and then you can just hear little versions of an Ebon goal I think Mick nearly took me off actually just before that whatever happened he didn't left me on whatever it was it was always going to happen that goal and I was always going to score in my head because I know Matt Murray was was taking messages from the dressing room to the bench of what the scores were in the other games. 
How much were you aware on the pitch of what was happening elsewhere? Well, I definitely heard him sing the only one goal on numerous times. I think Mick as well, the message gets across pretty quickly when you when you hear that. So I suppose when you look at it, it was a free kick. I think the left-back area, Hennessy took it, and Fletch is always good in the air. So I just Fletch always likes to flick it straight if he can. So I kind of went directly behind him. And I made sure he caught, I caught his eye when I was running past him to see, well, actually, I'm not going to go anywhere else right behind you. And he's he so good in the air, Fletch, that he flicked it on. And, and my first touch was probably set me up. And then I just, do you know what? I wanted to try and guide it more so than anything else. And I did, I did mean it, by the way, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, before no, you no. come to me, like, no, 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 yeah, it's, I, it's, a br- it's a brilliant strike. I've had it before. Just how much were you at that moment thinking, Right, this is what I'm going to do. Well, uh, even though it, this I, even, is what fascinates me. Yeah, about even though I knew we only needed that goal, because we'll lose a treaty, my body wouldn't allow me to slow down. The best bit would have been for me to milk it, I could have just celebrated. But when you're losing 3 2, I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think it's right. You'll have a lot of egg in your face if, if it went wrong for you. So I was more keen to get back. And I think Kev Foley and Jody Craddock were pulling me down pretty much to the ground. And I was such in a zone so much that you weren't going to keep me down. I wanted to go back. Then as soon as you got back, you realise, well, actually, if we just sit here like that, and that was a bit weird, the last four or five, six minutes, I think 87 minutes I scored, so the last four or five minutes when everyone were losing, I'm just sitting there, no, let them have it, like, and we're fine. I think the important thing about it, I think when Mick sat in front of the two of us, he said he brought players to the club that he could trust to make certain decisions when the game was going on, and that takes a lot of bottle, a lot of character, to hear the fans... And then, like you say, it's like just the, knowing the players around you, you know that Flitch is going to flick it straight, but having the energy to, to make it, because it can be deflating as well sometimes, you just don't have it when you're out there on the pitch. And that's the difference, you know, that's what makes, there's average players and there's players that are above, you know what I mean? And that's, that may, and th- those big moments, getting into a position, reading the game, then finding yourself in the position, finishing the way that you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it says it all. I always had a saying, I'm unbreakable. And I used to, for about 12 years of my career, I'd go into the dressing room, I'm unbreakable. So no matter what you say to me, I'm, I'm just going to recover anyway. So I keep firing away, like banter wise. Yeah. But that almost brings me to that point where I do actually think I'm unbreakable. Of course I'm unbreakable when I was playing, everyone is like. But in my playing days, I always used to think, mentally strong, unbreakable, and never give up with my three favourite sayings. Even to my, if I ask my daughters now, who's nine and four, what's your favourite saying? What do I always say? Do you never give up? So I'm trying to install that little bit yeah. in them that I obviously have in the locker and players will have. And the higher you go, I imagine they have it in more. Because well, decision making is the thing though, isn't it? Because you're in this situation and obviously you go through it a lot when you get the ball dropped to you in the box. And for you, who's, I guess, more used to setting people up as well, that split second in your head, do you actually have time to think about it and go, right, uh, you know, who's in the box, look up? Or are you just so thinking that we need a goal, it's at my feet, I'm in the box, I'm going for goal? That moment I was touching, finish far post. There was no, nothing actually in my mind to pass at that moment. Now there is, as a winger, you'll always consider what you can do, what your options are. If I'm, listen, I used to go out at 24, I used to do it all the way through. And it's, it's like shooting practice for you, I used to go out and practice across the board before training every day they used to call me busy they used to whatever you want to say you know the banter I was like yeah. I didn't really give a monkey's to be honest with you. I went out ha- 10 o'clock before a half 10 every morning warmed up myself and crossed hundreds of balls and finished hundreds of balls on the back I used to go out and practice Ronaldo 
in the afternoon, bought me own. I bought 20 footballs, Premier League footballs myself to practice. Now, listen, I was rubbish at them. <laughs> <laughs> I was there all late trying to master the technique and it wasn't happening. Like, and I've tried it two or three, to game, two or three times in a game. I think Steve Cobb said, right, enough's enough, you're not trying that again. Like, so they were that bad. But that's what you have to be as a, as a young player. You've got to try and get there and practice is key. Yeah, well, you're saying that as a, and as a good professional as well. So what what followed probably the the two years, two relegations that must have been very difficult. And again, that you were still plagued with injuries, so you couldn't quite affect it the way that you you, you wanted to, I guess. Oh, listen, the, the relegation to League One for a club this size was was heartbreaking. Uh, I remember seeing grown footballers cry in the dressing room. And I even then I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like, but it hurt. It really did. I think it hurt a lot of players, and it was very bad atmosphere around the place. It was difficult to play in. On and off the pitch, I think people were getting stick, rightly so. Uh, but I've seen it at Reading when you get one or two characters that don't fit the, the dressing room. Things can change very quickly. Now it's easy to say that, and you should be a strong enough pro to grab hold of the dressing room. You try. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, and. You can't control everything. So in your view, what went wrong? Oh, it's very easy to point fingers. And I don't think it's fair on the individuals because life changes people as well. So if you're a unprofessional footballer at the time, necessarily now doesn't mean he's a bad person. Yeah. He went through a bad time in his life and now he's trying to make good of it. So there's probably players out there that are retired that are trying to make careers in coaching. And I think that's unfair to blame. Listen, I didn't play well that year. None of the Strikers didn't score enough goals. The defenders didn't keep enough clean sheets. I, I might have been quicker then to blame people for sure. But looking back on it now, and when you have more maturity and you look, well, actually, that's just a bad time in their life. It wasn't meant to be and move on. It's one thing, I guess, having a group of players. And like you say, yeah, you, you have players that probably aren't professional. But again, you need you need someone on the reins that's probably giving them the right information and I think Carl was quite diplomatic wasn't he? Carl spoke a lot about um, Stoller Solbach and trying to change the ethos of it and in fairness to Carl he suggested that um, Stoller didn't have enough time that you either had to stick with Stoller and allow him to do what he was going to do or they should have appointed someone like Dean Saunders from the start Well actually on Stoller Stoller didn't really take a liking to me straight away because he didn't like to press out of your zone so I was going to be playing with the reins on but I was injured as well so he never really, uh, listen if you a manager tells me to do something I'll do it I think with Stella he was respectful he was honest was a bit unlucky actually if you ask me I think he, was, he signed some good players with Sacco coming in bits and pieces which suited Sacco's style but Sacco wasn't an energetic player he's more explosive so he would always have bursts in games where you think wow that's amazing and he did what he did well. He went back down to League One. He played well for, for Wolves in League One, to be fair to him, and, and did a good job. Because they also brought in Razak Bakari, yeah. uh, who, I mean, got injured after, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, but he, he, again, a player that gets injured, very easy to go, well, what's wrong with you while you're calf? But looking back on it, no player wants to be injured. You know, there was a question of how hard you worked to get back fit yeah. and how you ripped. But he was never putting on weight, to be fair to him, that way. He signed. Pesco, Pesco was a great lad, brilliant around the place, good player, pretty similar to me if I'm honest with you in terms of, I'd say a little rap, but yeah on the pitch he is <laughs> he is what he is and uh, I think he was a bit unlucky with his time, he picked up a few injuries at the wrong time, went on and done well for Poland in the Euros I think he played as well, actually 
think he, he hit the taxi man before the Euros in, at home in 2012 and the manager banned him from playing even with Lewandowski tried to get him back in the squad but couldn't but then I think he went to the World Cup two years later with the Polish team so it's good because what what goes through your mind? Because say you've got uh, you've got some injuries, and but you're a Premier League experienced player, and you've got Sacco, Bakari, Pesco, a pennant came in for a little bit mm-hmm. at that period as well. Like all these wingers and wide players keep getting brought into the club. Once you're fit, you'll battle anyone. To, if I was fit, I probably would have kept Sacco out of the team, in my opinion. But Saka will say the same about me. If when he's firing, he'll he's better than me, and so he should. So every professional that plays the game should believe they're the best in that position. If Ronaldo come in, you think fair enough, but you still think you want to give him a good go. You can't just lie down and die, can you? I love that as an attitude, though. Don't you? I think I think you've got to have it. I think yeah. it's something that that kind of pushes the players on. You know, like we talked about it the other night about competition. You know, they can bring in as many players, but you have that confidence in yourself. Yeah. If a team comes in for you and people think, Oof, are you going to play there? That player will genuinely believe, I'm going to go there and play because you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're starting. If you're not doing it, you're chapping the manager's door and saying, what can I do to start? If he says, right, do this, do this. If you do that and you're still not playing, then you're not going to get your game there and yeah. you have to move on and play. That's part and parcel of football. Yeah. And that's where players go wrong. When they don't play, they start, what's the gaffer doing? Like, he's rubbish. Yeah, the snake, stay the poison. Strong, yeah. the snake, and you got to stay strong to yourself. So was there not enough players in that dressing room at the time who had that same ethos as you did, and that's what contributed to dropping down two divisions? Uh, no, the, the, everything, the, the whole, the overall package counts, you know. Because right now, Wolves on and off the pitch is booming. I, I've listen. I go to a lot of games. And so would you were commentating the bits and pieces. You see a lot of atmospheres, and actually, the only place I look forward to the game is here at the moment. That might change next year. Yeah. I mean, the fans are going, well, why aren't we in seventh position? Or why aren't we kicking on again? I just I always say to Wolves fans now, just enjoy this moment, enjoy this time, because you don't know what's around the corner. Even with money, doesn't make it going to be a success. So. Going forward, God knows. I think I think on on what Mikey's saying there, I think there's no, we don't want any, we don't need any names because we all know. Yeah. But, but there's there's a United dressing room, and I've been in part of a dressing room that's that you've got cleats left, right, and centre. But with that dressing room, in League One, the the characters that were in it, surely there was some players that was that were having a go at other players saying this isn't good enough. Yeah. That creates. A, I'm, I'm just. I'm well, asking, basically yeah. just that that group of players. Should not have been relegated no, from no the way. championship. No, but momentum in football is is key, and if you're going that way, sometimes it's very difficult to change it all around. Bottom even with the, even with the characters, yeah, not, not even the quality, but the characters. Some of the players in that dressing room says, "This isn't happening, right? We're yeah. going to do." It. I just, I just, I just can't imagine it. Whereas there must have been some, like you say, poison. There was poison mm-hmm. there, wasn't there? There's, yeah, and that's and it's it's sad to say. It's sad to say, like yeah, a little bit actually. Good characters. Birmingham had. A really good season on this season, say. Then they get the nine points deducted. That could yeah. have easily went wrong for them. Yeah. But they managed to pick themselves up again and win a few games to keep them safe. We didn't do that when it went wrong. We were we didn't have the right chemistry in the, yeah. in the squad to do it. Sylvan talked about the fact that because he got injured playing against Birmingham in a game that you scored in as well, yes. and that was in the period where actually you were beginning to get some results, mm. and he kind of felt that that was a big turning point. Sylvan was on fire. When Sylvan starts scoring goals, but as we know, he can get on a run and, sc- and score. It was a big moment when he broke his leg. You left the club yes. after the relegation. Uh-huh. 
Do you have regrets at that? Looking Do you feel the, like you should have had longer? Looking at the club now, yes, of course. <laughs> but looking at my career at the time, you don't get that much time to play at a high level and play at the highest level you can do it internationally as well if I was playing League One I probably wouldn't have been picked uh, I was out of contract am I right in saying that yeah I think looking at it I think maybe Dean Saunders would have kept me uh, I didn't certainly I would probably would have got more money by staying at Wolves than I would have gone where I went at the time because Ipswich signed me in November you know what yeah. Mick's like he's tight as anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he only signed me for two months and then I had, to, I had to, even with Mick knowing me, and now nah, you can come in for two months and work your way in. Because it's that thing of would you have stayed if Kenny Jacket had come to you and said, here's a deal, help us get back up, or do you feel as if your journey with that football club, you, you needed to part ways? Do you know well? what? I'd be lying if I said I would have stayed. I wouldn't have. In my head, I was leaving. And Wolves fans can say what they want, but at least I'm telling the truth. No, no, yeah, because yeah. I think as a footballer in that moment, you have to you have to be prepared. Yeah, you have to make a decision because it is it's mm-hmm. a it's a short career. Yeah, you know uh, I think we had uh, we, we spoke to Jeff Palmer, and and he was saying about uh, the one one club player is it's gone it's gone now yeah. and it's not really so much about I had eighteen football clubs but it's because yeah <laughs> wow. there's four yeah. loans in there but yeah. it's because I wanted to play all the time. Yeah. You know, if, if, if when I was at Stoke, gifting No Williams, Adi I can buy and Carlos Abba get brought in, in the same summer. I know then, right? There's competition. I'm a, they offered me a two-year contract. You know, you got to go and play. So mm. it's one of those. I, I completely understand that, and no fans can come. As I say, you, you like you say, if you had the injury, probably was a bit of a hindrance that I never allowed you to get to the levels that you were at, at Hull and Reading. But that's no fault of your own. You were coming back from injury, and it's just it's the season ran out probably when you were in the best mm. form. Well, I. I still live in the area, not as in Wolverhampton. Not one thing I would give the the modern day players from this current team now. I think they all live in Wolverhampton. or pretty much live close by, which is a credit to them as well. Yeah. Because it's easy to go live right live in Sutton Coldfield because it's nice and it's big houses. They live here and they get involved, and in I think that that's helped the players. I think for us, maybe we shouldn't have lived that far away. We should have lived closer to the club and and mix more and got the feeling for the club but now these certain all these players live either Birmingham City Centre obviously or are close to here What is it like for you coming back and watching games now and for both of you actually and seeing the achievements that this current group are doing because they I mean they are doing things that this football club's not seen in long 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 time If ever Yeah Well the, certainly the, back I mean the, the level 50s, of, Yeah yeah of course the 60s, level of football 70s. they're playing now for a modern day football club coming up is frightening generally is even if they're buying players in some of these players come from the championship never is they've all come up on the journey with them and they have that emotional attachment now it's frightening the football they're playing really good yeah I've got to agree you know I think it's all I've always said about small steps and there's ex, there's greater expectation now I think what comes with that is more pressure I think the players are up up for it I think recruitment's going to be massive in the summer I think again it's yeah go and, go and get into Europe I think there's a question mark here. The squad is it is it big enough to be able to handle the Premier League? Which is you got to remember the bread and butter. That's that's it. And then we had distraction of the of the of the Euro, Europa. If, if if that's the case, you're smiling at me now. But it is it is a is there is there a negative to it? Because I think I don't I think, think there's going to be a negative. Go and achieve whatever you you can achieve. But my, but it is a it is an extra pressure on a squad that's got to deal with the Premier League every 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 the week. Players, you know? 
and especially with Nuno as well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. They've only got 18 to 20 first team players. And then once you go past that, players are unhappy because they're not playing. So he's, he's keeping his squad tight now for Premier League football. But when you add Europe into it, can yeah. you rotate then as, as strong as you can? I think there's always been an element though. And I, I, I imagine from having spoken to you and knowing you that I could do that, I think you'll, you'll like this kind of viewpoint that there's no point worrying about things that haven't happened yet. And you can only deal with what's there now. And that's and it's it's been a key element from it. And I think that um, whatever happens in the future will happen. Yeah, celebrate those times that you've got. Oh, now. of course, of course, yeah, hundred percent celebrate. But yeah. you've got to remember, it's a the football club is a business, and it will be preparing for all, 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 all uh, six months all ago for yeah. or something. Exactly, yeah. whatever, whatever's coming, they've got to prepare. This is this is this is football today, Mikey. Don't yeah, you do. But also, don't forget to celebrate yeah, what they've achieved. Enjoy, you've enjoy got, the moment. You've got to enjoy the moment. Yeah. You've got to live, live to live, live, live today. You, you have to. It's part the of DJ part, and yeah. uh, fireworks, and the Fulham's fans in full voice in that stadium at the moment, and the, and the lighting. Yeah, they've created something different. That they've obviously gone somewhere. They've obviously learned it from somewhere, and they've taken the whole club to a different level in terms of atmosphere. To play left wing back on that team now must be an absolute joy. Like Matt already right wing back. It's, it's high up on the left, high up on the right, making runs inside, overlapping on you. It's, it's great to watch. Okay, let me just finish on this. If you, it's you of ten years ago, yeah, would you be in this team, left wing back? Close call in my prime. That's, of course, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say no, am I? I'd lo- I'd love to play in it. I know yeah. that for a fact because the, the, the way they play. Listen, defensive side of things, I would have had to work on for sure. Yeah. But I'd have, I've had given it a go, like. W- they've changed during the year and the manager really made a a key transition with Costa Cavalera coming off the team and putting two up front that changed the dynamic of the team during the season yeah. so that really proved that he is able to adapt by sticking to his principles which is really important going forward well don't forget we're doing a live show Old Gold Club live at the Wolverhampton Grand Theatre Friday 7th of June tickets are available from grandtheatre.co.uk the king John Richards is going to be joining us for that one and a whole host of names are going to be there as well including potentially Mr Stephen Hunt will be there as well so make sure you get tickets grandtheatre.co.uk the Old Gold Club with Mikey Burrows and Chris Iwalumo. So that was the show, on with the podcast. Uh, one of the things, just before we get into the rundown, um, and to you, you mentioned in there about, uh, I think it was the Albion game, kind of chasing down the fullback, then chasing down the defender and the goalkeeper and another player. And it made me think, like, there is maybe something about supporters of this football club. And I know other football clubs get it as well. But really, if there is somebody who they see who just gives their all, that they will always take to them. Yeah, I think it's easy to say that when you run around, you run hard, and you get after people that they give it their all. But there's got to be some kind of structure to it. Like I was closing down all the angles from where I was coming from, so there wasn't a case I was leaving space in behind me, and bodies would have seen that. So, yes, I like to play on the front foot. I like to close people down. And yes, fans react to it, but... Sometimes I'm only doing it for a reaction to get the place lively and my own teammates. And I think one thing in my career was like, oh, he runs around too much or does that. It wasn't never 
ever aimlessly running for the sake of running. I'm sure Looms. Would you would you say that you you ran too much though? You know, like um, because like you were fit, fit as a fiddle. Again, yeah. I'll go to an example. I played up top with Adi Akinbai, yeah. and that guy could he could sprint yeah. for ninety minutes. Yeah. But he used to sprint like not in the right way, you know. Yeah. So he'd run at someone, someone could just pass the ball around him, or they could play. Yeah. He's not cutting off any lines. Yeah. But there were surely times when you're closing down, or you're thinking, right, I've, I, you know that you're fit, you know that yeah. you, you can do that all day in the doggies. Yeah. But there's times when you, you need to just sit in and be be compact, be organised. Because we talk yeah. about it all the time. There's, you're not going to have it all your own way in no. football. There's going to be sometimes that you're under on the, on, under the. Uh, or under the cosh, under the cosh like you, yeah, I think that depends on the manager, doesn't it? If he wants someone to be on the front foot, and he is getting passed around, then you're like, listen, what are you doing? Hold fire, keep in your shape for sure. Stall back and come, and he stopped all closing down only to certain positions, and he dropped back ten, fifteen meters. Yeah. So there is a case where you can run too much, and especially the centre forwards, wingers have to be more calculated in the in the running because they're leaving full backs who generally would yeah. bomb forward if you come out of their space. So it was always a case of. If I, in my opinion, if I was running after people, I'd run to get the ball back, it would be constructive running. Now, it might not always have been granted, but in my head I was hoping other teammates would drop back in for me if they were in that position by closing down all the angles from a left-back to, to a right-back, which didn't happen too often, but it happened in the West Brom game. You've got to realise that Kevin Doyle is playing centre-forward. He will drop back in for you. Yeah. He knows, he understands the game. If it's Sylvan... No, no chance. No, no chance. chance. <laughs> he just ain't gonna have it, like. <laughs> but even even now, with his older age, he still wouldn't do it because he's hungry for goals and he's a he's a he's a number nine. But Doyle was always a bit more of a team player than Sylvan, which you can't live without because you need to have centre forwards. I want to score goals. That's not being damaging to Sylvan. That was Sylvan's game. Were you? Let me say. Were you? Uh, did you watch a lot of football? I mean, when you played, did you like? Were you watching games and analysing games? Because like these, th- this new breed of players that are coming through today, they're they're very much their awareness about the game itself. I think yeah. they, they, and saying that the contradiction of that is, I think they're very much robotic now. The players, they they do what the manager says, and they yeah. don't have any thought process out of that. If they yeah. get told to play a certain way in a game, things aren't going their way. They'll still play that way, yeah. even if they're not being successful with it. But I'm just saying. When you played, did were you were, did you know the responsibilities, the roles of players in that position? Did you study it? Because yeah. I guess me, I looked at players in my position. I watched it, but I wasn't. I never played the FIFA and the the mm. pro and the you know what's the one the football manager and all that. All mm. these players were coming in. They knew exactly what was going on all over the world with these games, which I think is a positive because yeah. they actually take an interest in the game and formations and why they play the formations. But you speaking, I'm speaking to you. Yeah. Did you were you one of those players? Yeah, that, I, I'd always watch my opposition more so. Right, much again, the, the right back. Yeah, yeah, I'd always get the clips of him on a Thursday if I knew I was starting on it, so I'd know the right back or the options they had at right back. Who was the right winger? Would I have to cover my left back in certain situations? Yeah, I'd always know whether they're high, whether they're deep from set pieces as well. So I, I was a study. I used to study the game too yeah. much because I'd be watching football twenty four seven, and I was involved in it. It was my life, so I, was, I never really had any other hobbies, only football and golf. So right, okay. Is that this something it. that you would put to even your players now? Yeah, like to, because it's like it an is, education, isn't yeah. it? You got it's to study it. You have yeah. you got you got to understand yeah. it, haven't you? Yeah. It's not it's not just a it's not just a job. Yeah. It's like you have to 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 be successful in it. You have to understand your role and like yeah. you're saying. I think looking at the opposition, it's, that's 
even more mm-hmm. so than actually the role itself. You need to because it changes every week, doesn't it? Yeah, and for you sure. need to know exactly. And teams are so good now at yeah. adapting to certain situations that you need to know what they do normally, what they might do, and where they go from that. Like as I said earlier, the the, the change in Acosta and Cavalero or Triori is into two centre forwards work to treat and it, it changes Wolves dynamic and teams struggle to deal with that but they were getting to figure out Costa comes into the little hole Matt Doherty goes down the other side on the other side as well so that you see combinations and you've got to change it This is what I find fascinating when we've done all these chats when people come in and you see different sides to people because you look at someone like you Hunty who oh, on one side you are a strong character in the dressing room that you're talking about that you take it upon yourself out on the pitch to get your team and the fans going and you clearly think an awful lot about the game and you do all this studying Mm. and then on the other side from what you told us earlier you're doing fashion shows for your teammates to to keep them keep the morale you you, you train two hours a day and you train hard or whatever you you look at it you might train in the afternoon back in the day it's changed now I think Wolves don't even do weights I think they do light weights in certain situations so we used to do Tony Daly used to be the fitness and you're going to have muscles if you're with him for sure like so (laughs) he grows muscles for fun so there is times where you you take it easy there is times when you could be just watching Man United v Arsenal on a Monday night I remember I was playing for Brentford and I'd be close friends blah 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 John O'Shea name drop or whatever I've known him since he was 12 and I would get on the train from Croydon or wherever I was living to get the tube into London to watch Man United and I'd sit in the way end and I studied the game at 22, 23 because I was a nobody then to a certain degree it was League One in my head I had a long way to go before I made it in football so that was a learning curve for me then even watching them games but even, but that, that that says a lot that says a lot because you know what your strengths were yep. you know that what you needed to do you got there Yeah. so yeah. you've ticked that box you, yeah. you thought right okay I'm studying the game that can be better that's a weakness of mine that's a weakness of mine or even the game itself but probably more individual this is what I need to do look at my, the guy that's in my position look what he's doing defensively look what he's doing offensively can I be better at that yes I can and you put it into action yeah. and you got what you got Yeah. even Man United who were the best team in that generation back then Beckham, Giggs Ronaldo they all worked hard they all did their shift for the team and they even think Roy Keane went off on Monday night regarding putting yeah. that extra couple of yards and United teams have always done that the Liverpool teams have done it in the past. All the best, were, all the best teams. Yeah. All the best teams. You're looking at the yeah. Barcelona, the, the distance that they cover. cover like. I've got, I know they've got the ball, but when they've without the ball, yeah. they go and press hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? People don't seem to they seem to forget this. The best players, what what they're asked for, yeah. what the socks up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, got it to, doesn't happen by fluke. No, but Ronaldo hasn't ended up looking the way he has because he wants to pose on the pitch against for Juventus. That's worked because he's been in the gym and he's working hard at his game, whether yeah. it's whatever it is. He's not as good as Lionel Messi, though, is he? He's self-made. Ronaldo. I never even, we've not even spoke about it, but <laughs> just your answer makes me smile. <laughs> We've had this argument and he's trying to get a reaction again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the Ronaldo camp, mate, because yeah. it's, it's like you say, he's, he's for me, he's played in the league, all the leagues that he's played in, he's told them to shreds internationally what mm-hmm. he's done for Portugal. I'm putting my head in Messi. I know yeah. they're the, the, the best two worlds and what the best two players in the world, but I'm in the Ronaldo camp. And just your answer, shot him down because you never suggest Messi. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That came out of the blue. How's them apples, big man? Yeah. Huh? Who would you have in the Wolves team? Messi, obviously. Lionel Messi. Where yeah. would you play him? Instead of who? 
uh, I would go back to three four three. Oh, would you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have him next Politician, to him and Politician, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a player! What a player! Yeah. What a great one to have. Um, just before we get into the rundown again, uh, this kind of um, you'll tell me whether this is true or not, and I think it's a great example of um, your determination. I read a story that uh, you married Kevin Doyle's cousin. You can see his eyes have gone already. And didn't Kevin Doyle introduce you and said you had absolutely no chance? Yeah, Doyle was obviously trying to be smart with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry you. Just because yeah, you said that, yeah. I'm going to marry you, mate. It was one of them where I haven't married her for that reason, obviously. <laughs> Just to put the record straight. Like, get me shot. And we are still married 11 years, I think, this year. I mean, so, yeah, so it's been an adventure. Bought a house in Rosslea, where she comes from. Bought a gastropub in Rosslea, two kids, so it's cost me quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and grey hair, I can tell you at the same time, but you wouldn't change it, would you? So it's life, you can, you're on a pathway, you see where it goes. She might be still married to me in 20 years' time if she's lucky enough. Have you I'm still got the gastropub? Yes, still have it, yeah. yeah. Because we're planning a world tour, because Mo Kamara's going to open up a wine bar in Paris. In Paris. Yeah. In Paris. So okay. We're going to take this, so, get So we're going to do Old Gold Club in Paris, it's wine bar. We'll okay. come to your gastro pub. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Bring your money. To find some... No freebies in my pub. <laughs> <laughs> GP to be made end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> no, we might not bother them. What do you drink? I'll drink anything, mate. Oh, come on, must be a, you must have one drink, though. Uh, what's the most okay. ex- what's the most expensive vodka you've got in there? Grey Goose. I'll, I'll take some Grey Goose. That's fine. Yeah, that'll be excellent for the bottle. <laughs> Shot. <laughs> Is that going to sort us out? Unbelievable. Russian Standard or whatever. There's loads. <laughs> right. Let's get into Loomsy's rundown. Oh, right. Straight into it. Uh, right. Okay. The best player that you played with at Wolves. At Wolves. Oh, good question. Hit me with that. Gonna go for. Yeah. Matt Jarvis on fire at the time. Worst trainer at the club? Uh, tough one, that is. Should have hit me with these beforehand. I could have had a think about it. Gonna go for good. Marcus Hanneman. Yeah, it's not his name's not come up, but yeah, you know what? He was does moan. I think, it was, Matt, I think yeah. it was Matt Murray that said that Marcus Hanneman wouldn't dive until eleven. Yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't. He just refused to dive. Like he chased me at Reading, fifty yards. He ran. Thought he's gonna kill me here. And he's a gentle giant, though. If yeah, you know, he, he, I got. I made him mad. But go on. Biggest moaner, Carl Henry. <laughs> uh, who was your best friend at Wolves? Uh... Kevin Doyle, Christoph Berra would put you to sleep, but very reliable. Yeah. Uh, we had a car school, Kev Foley, Steers, all good lads. Best friend, I'd have to go with Doyle when I married yeah. his cousin. <laughs> as you said. Oh, the best and worst dress sense. The best dress sense would have to go. To be fair to Kyle Henry, he can dress pretty smart when he wants to be for his for the occasion. The worst I'm going to go with Sylvan. It was just. Oh. We used to get give each other a stick so it used to be like there's no like at least you got a bit of colour Mikey do you know what I mean in your, yeah. in your jumper like he was just completely black jeans black t-shirt black trainers no no imagination of that for me. Are, are, you, are you annoyed that people kept putting you in for this for the worst I can see why I'm out there if I've got a few cardigans that are a bit quirky like but a bit more of a yeah I'll go with that <laughs> can I have it who was the funniest player that you played with the funniest player I played with it was Jimmy Bullard, but he's probably one of the worst professionals I've played with too. <laughs> I don't Wolves. mind him at, at Hull. At Wolves. 
Just killed him there, haven't I? Uh, what a guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> what? Say that again, the worst trainer. Is it? The Yeah, the funniest player that you played funniest at Funniest player. Uh, I'm going to go for... Jeez, there weren't many funny guys, huh? <laughs> I'm telling you straight. Pesco. It's funny, I got on well with Pesco. He makes make me laugh. Ways. <laughs> How did he make you laugh? Because he didn't speak that he much English. He did limited English. He sat beside me. We used to... We were on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> Pesco was was funny, like I give him that. The best manager you worked for at Wolves? Mm. Who did I have? Mick. Dean. Dean. Yeah, Mick wins. Yeah. Uh, right, the be- what was the best goal that you scored? At Wolves would have been Blackburn. Uh... Yeah, just because I actually believed I would score some kind of important goal at you. Brilliant. What was the best game that you were involved in at Wolves? West Brom. Uh, delighted that Stearman fell over and I had to chase the player to the far side of the pitch and put him in row Z. <laughs> just to, the only shame was it's not on the wingy because he lives quite close to me now on the wingy. I played a bit of golf with him. It, was, it would have been nice if it was him to put him in row Z. <laughs> he reminds me of the hat-trick he scored. He scored a hat-trick, but I was on the bench. Yeah. That Actually, I hold that against Mick because he should have played me in that game. Oh, if you'd have played, it would have been different. Different, yeah. Wouldn't have got battered. Maybe Keith Andrews wouldn't have had the. He scored in Keith Andrews yeah. as well. I would have smashed Keith <laughs> 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 on purpose for a reaction because he's not a bad lad either. He's good one, yeah. yeah. Uh, what would you say is your your proudest moment at Wolves? Uh, West Brom game, Blackburn goal was was just written in the stars. But West Brom coming back and I think the getting the Wolves fan getting to see me at a at a level I could play at was. Was nice. The atmosphere that day was amazing. Yeah, well. yeah, it was electric. Yeah, when Stephen Fletcher goes through just after half time and makes it three, yeah, and you kind of knew that because it was such a big game in the context of kind of the relegation. Fletcher could play as well. To be fair, he's a bit unlucky with his ankle injury. I think he had an ankle injury here. He could finish, and I think he's a player that should have maybe played higher for a longer period of time for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been brilliant having you in. Cheers, lads. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming in. I still can't get over how different you are from when you were a player. Am I better now looking or are you? you think You're a better looking fella now, yeah. yeah it wouldn't have been hard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts.